1: All right, welcome to another episode of the 49ers Rush podcast. I am your host, John Chapman, in the wonderful ugly Christmas sweater at my other job today. And I, I was going to change it, and I said, hell no. Uh, it's ugly Christmas sweater season and I have a great one. Yeah, let's go ahead and bring it out. So, uh, apologize for the visuals. We're going to switch that up to a second to get to some game film, but man, what a game. And, you know, still riding high on becoming the number one seed in the NFC, uh, the game of the year for all intensive purposes, whether it's just straight entertainment level, importance in the playoffs, uh, clutch performances down late, lead changes, there's no way you can look at that and think there was a better game this year. Perhaps you could say the Seattle... Uh, game, but as a 49ers <laughs> fan, it uh, came up a little bit late, uh, you know, a little bit short at the end of that, but, uh, we're going to be covering the offensive, uh, evaluation and breakdown entry updates. We've got some roster moves taking place. We're going to be doing lots of things, getting to your questions, obviously pro football, focus scores, stat lines. Uh, we've got a lot of stuff to talk about and also looking forward. Now, again, if you are new and relatively, Excuse me, new to the 49ers Rush Podcast. We do four podcasts a week. Um, This is our first one of the week where we break down the offense. The next episode tomorrow, hopefully. We'll be all about defense. Then we look forward, and then we do an instant reaction to the show. So uh, first, just want to say thank you if you are joining us for the first time. Please hit that like button, uh, retweet, whatever, wherever you're listening. We are everywhere podcasts are provided. So uh, let's get, man, that is a stark contrast with the red and the green. So let's transition out of that, and let's get to some film. Here we go. Um, So you're going to be seeing uh, the offensive coaching tape, the All-22, and the end zone uh, going through coaching coaches film uh, that was just released today by the NFL so um, if you would like that breakdown I do that on my Patreon um, and so each week I do two full breakdowns this is over an hour long video uh, which I doubt we're going to get through the entire thing today but uh, if you want to join Patreon and get that breakdown for you all you got to do is head over to the app Patreon or the website Patreon.com type in 49ers Rush and come join us over there uh, you get access to that and I just want to give a shout out to Alec, Gary, Vincent and Michael, our newest members over there, and it, it seems like people are really enjoying it, which uh, <laughs> is awesome for me just because I want to try to provide the best 49ers content out there on the web hands down, and we're we're doing so much from broadcasting the games live uh, to video breakdowns of the offensive defensive side to podcast to what, the website, Niners Rush. We're trying to cover it all, so if there's something that you guys want Uh, please let me know, and we're going to go through those. I'm going to do whatever I can to get you what you want for the 49ers. That was the whole idea when I I started this podcast um, three years ago. And here we are, episode number 201, which is awesome. uh, We're getting up there in numbers. So thank you to that. Now, Couple things. Um, first, we need to talk about some transactions that were made. Um, first off, Western Richburg does appear uh, with a torn patella tendon in his knee to be done for the year, and it's not the same knee that he has had problems with in the past. This is the opposing knee, and if it was just a freak play where a player fell on uh, the backside of his leg and bent him sideways, and it tore that way. So he is going to be done. Good news is, If you keep watching the game film that's up there, it kind of goes in sequential order with the game. Ben Garland came in and made the block of the day. Um, He played wonderfully well. So it's a huge loss. You miss Richburg, who's played relatively well. But Ben Garland came in, and when we get to pro football focus grades and all that kind of stuff, he was one of the top-graded players. He was wonderful. Um, Now, what's going to happen behind there? Because there's some moving that's going to have to take place. I think the backup center currently is your starting right guard. I think Mike Person would move from right guard to center if Ben Garland went down. Then I think you would plug in Daniel Brunskill, who I think is backing up all four offensive linemen positions besides the center. So probably going to bring somebody additionally in there. Um, You usually want to go with seven. um, So we'll see what happens seven to eight. We had eight last week with Justin School also active. So it could bring somebody else in there. And then the wide receiver, Marquise Goodwin has gone to IR um, with his knee, which is just, it's kind of a bummer. You know, Marquise Goodwin was one of the very first free agents that came in under Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch. And, amazing teammate amazing human being and has brought just a wonderful attitude just kind of has fallen out of favor uh due to game uh, production uh, lots of drops um horrible issues with the family and all that kind of stuff and wish him the best he's an awesome guy but it does seem like he has probably taken his last snap with the 49ers he is <coughs> he's due just over three and a half million next year um but if he is cut you recoup almost 95 percent of that so it does seem like um, the days for Marquise Goodwin as a 49er. They were good. Uh, I mean, he was the number one target when Jimmy Garoppolo first got traded over that season and put up almost a thousand yards. He had a hell of a year. Um, so, um, farewell wishes to him. Probably we will have to see what happened. So, uh, anyway, let's get to just a couple of quick questions. So yeah, we're going to be making some additions, whether we call people up from the practice squad or other teams, practice squad or pick up free agents. We don't even know what positions are going to be addressed. You know, if we assume you, know, you lose an offensive lineman, you bring in an offensive lineman. Uh, you assume you lose a wide receiver, you bring in a wide receiver. But the secondary is completely banged up as well. With Sherman, um, he seems like he's going to be out a few weeks. D Ford is going to be out two to three weeks. Um, <clears throat> Kwan Williams has a concussion. There's just a lot of injuries. So, and going to uh, questions real quick. Uh, wherever you are at, please tag me so that I can see there. Um, Man, I'll tell you this: What happened to our defense? The casual viewer has an awesome. Uh, <laughs> that's an awesome name. Drew Brees happened. You know, we came in. They manipulated our safeties, and they went straight at our backup. And they just, you know, I don't. <coughs> excuse me. Yeah, I don't want to get too much into the defensive grades, but I can tell you this: Marcel Harris had a pretty rough game. Um, he is pretty good against the run. But that's about it. In the past game and tackling in the open open field he does not do well. As an in the box safety, I would have no problem if we played Marcel Harris as linebacker the rest of the year. I just do not want him playing safety against a passing quarterback. Uh, It's just not his thing. And thankfully, we don't have to have that for too long. Uh, Perhaps one more game. Uh, The 49ers are playing. We got back-to-back home games, baby. It's about damn time. And the Falcons are coming home, so that's kind of our next big game. And then the Rams, and then obviously we close out the season with the Seahawks. But, yeah, defense, they got to figure some stuff out. The good news is this is the only time this year – that they have kind of had a horrible game. Um, You know, they have not allowed over 27 points before this, and, you know, you're talking... 12 games, not allowing anybody in the 30s, and then sure enough, you go up and give 46 points. So that was huge. But definitely some adjustments have to be made. Uh, what's up, Alan Rogerson? Great to see you guys. Appreciate y'all being here. Um, John, any word on juice? Uh, yeah, that was an Oscar-worthy performance. I talked about it uh, whenever he got drilled late in the third or fourth quarter and just grabbed his head immediately. He didn't miss a series. <laughs> he, he, he jumped up, seemed to have a smile on his face, uh, he knows the situation. Use check is a smart cat, uh, which has been well-documented with his college and all that kind of stuff. He knew what he was doing. Um, was he hurt? <laughs> Maybe, but I, I would say no. Uh, he was right back out there. So Juice is fine. He cleared the concussion protocol as fast as anybody could. Um, now, a question here from Bobby: If Tart was healthy, do the Saints put up forty-six? I don't think so. You know, the first two touchdowns were on Marcel Harris; several other plays as well. Uh, that, and you're exactly right. Why? Why would you not pick on? Marcel Harris, and uh, to put it on top of that, as soon as Sherman went down the first time, they went right after Emmanuel Sanders. As soon as uh, kaywan Williams went it went down, they went after DJ Reed. Uh, so, like, that's just coaching one hundred and one. You exploit matchups, and Sean Payton's as good as anybody doing that. And so, yeah, why would you not go straight at rookies and whatever else? It, it makes sense. Um, so that is what it is. Uh, yeah. The Saints are a good damn team, yeah, obviously. And you know, if we look at the NFL, let's step back real quick. You know, we we go into last week, and there were five, ten, and two teams. Five of them. And of those five, only two were able to prevail this week. And they were against top opponents, too. The 49ers obviously beat the Saints 48-46. to 46, But also Buffalo lost to the Ravens. And that, that was a very... Tough matchup uh, as well over in the AFC, and that came down to the last throw of the game as well. Uh, They could have tied it up in the end zone there with John Brown. So uh, the other three 10-2 teams lost. The Seattle Seahawks got embarrassed, uh, flat-out embarrassed. Uh, They did not look good. Russell Wilson wasn't responsible for one touchdown. Um, He started off... 22 touchdown passes and one interception. He has not been good the past four weeks. And if if the Seahawks lose one more game... That would be awesome. (laughs) And if they do that, then the 49ers, you could have two weeks of rest going into the playoffs. So, you know, if the Seahawks lose one more game, uh, that first round bye is all but guaranteed because the 49ers own the tiebreaker versus the Saints and versus the Packers. We we beat the tar out of the Packers, uh, won a close one versus the Saints, but on the road. So that's key. That's something to pay attention to. The Seahawks are really the only threat to the 49ers not getting a bye. Now, if everything stays the same, if the Seahawks went out and beat us in week 17, yeah, we're going to be a wild card team. Um, That's just what it is, because they would own the tiebreaker with us, beating us twice. So, with the way things currently sit, yes, we are the one seed, but it has a big asterisk by it. You have to... Here's the deal. Two things. One... Let's say we drop the 49ers. Nobody asked about this. I'm just sorry, talking about the playoff situations. The divisional tiebreaker is divisional record, okay? Now, the Seahawks just lost to the Rams. So let's say, hypothetically, the 49ers lose this week to the Falcons, but went out, we would still be the one seed. We would still be the one seed because then we would own the divisional tiebreaker against the Seahawks, which would put us as the NFC West champs. Then we would have the same record as the Saints and the Packers, assuming they went out, and we own the tiebreaker against both of them as well. Um, So we still have one that we could miss. Now, if we lose versus the um, Rams then beat the Seahawks. Now we're dropping down even further into the divisional tiebreak records, and we win that as well, and here's why. Because our conference record is better than the Seahawks would be because we beat the Saints... They lost to the Saints, so the common opponent would be key there as well, and our conference record would be better as well. So that's two different things that you could look at. We'll have to see how it plays out. Again, um, lots of hypotheticals here, but the important thing to know is this. Currently, assuming the 49ers beat the Seahawks, we own the tiebreaker versus everybody, um. So, uh, take that for what you will uh, That's what it is uh, What about Tavares Moore And how painful is that film review Going to be for the defense? Yeah, not looking forward to tomorrow And there's so many damn plays uh, Like I said, the offensive uh, breakdown That you're seeing there Without the audio on top of it Was over an hour And tomorrow... I already know myself. I'm I'm such an a-hole. I'm going <laughs> to I'm going to start yelling at Marcel Harris about 15 minutes to start it off. So that's what it is. Um, y- you take it for what it is and Tarvarius Morris played very very well. Every opportunity he has been in, he's played well. The problem is they really like Tarvarius Morris that free safety spot, not the strong safety role. Um, Moore is very physical, but we haven't really seen him play that in-the-box role. So I, I don't think that the 49ers see him as that either. And so I don't think we're going to see him in that position. Um, are we experiencing more injuries than what would be considered normal? Uh, not since Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch showed up. Uh, we are maybe not the most injury-riddled team, but it's tough to find another team with more. We're definitely near the top, and we have been all three years. Now, the thing about... You know, the first two years with this front front office coaching staff is this. You've developed depth. Because you have had to force backup quarterbacks and backup tackles and backup centers and defensive linemen and cornerbacks and safeties and all the Say because of that, the last two years, those trials of forcing younger players into playing time when they weren't ready, well, guess what? Now you have quality depth. So yeah, the injuries suck, and I'm not trying to say, you know, I'm kind of looking for a silver lining, but because the past two years have sucked so bad with injuries, now our team is somewhat battle-tested, and we're too deep at almost all positions. Um, But yeah, we've missed so many positions, Uh, so many injuries with D Ford going in and out. Uh, he, He... my guess is he'll try to play the Seattle week, but if that game doesn't mean anything, that would be the best case scenario. Really would be. You've got to have D Ford back to win the Super Bowl. Um. And that's kind of where you want to be. The 49ers are looking to win the Super Bowl. You look at uh, the betting odds, which we'll get to here in a second. Uh, The 49ers have the second best odds to win the Super Bowl behind only the Ravens right now. Um, And that's it. So um, anyway, real quick, just want to say thank you to our sponsors that make this episode possible. And I'm talking about Manscaped.com, baby. Um, You head over to Manscaped.com. Use promo code 49ers, 49ERS. They're going to give you 20% off. Uh, whatever you order, it doesn't matter if you want to buy one thing or if you want to buy a full kit, whatever, 20% off and free shipping. And you guys know shipping as you are shopping for the holidays. Um, it gets expensive. So jingle balls to the walls, fellas! listen up. Untribbed pubes are a thing of the past. It's time to gear up, get yourself the gift of shaving this holiday season. I'm talking about the manscaped perfect package 2.0. I've bought this package. It is awesome. comes with everything that you need. Um, Here's the deal. Uh, this company, Manscaped, uh, they have redesigned the electric trimmer. This bad boy is called the Lawnmower 2.0, which is an awesome name doesn't hurt you (laughs) it is completely safe it gets as close as you want to get comes with a couple guards if you want to go you know a little more 80s whatever but uh, (laughs) it is completely safe and waterproof so cleanup is not a mess at all please head over to manscape.com really do appreciate them and all their support for our podcast Uh, they help us do lots more things like this and so please head over there show your support and man get yourself cleaned up get yourself looking all nice everybody likes a nice well trimmed man um, so, that is out there for you guys as well. So, let's jump in real quick. Let's talk about pro football focus numbers, and then we'll jump over to the stat sheet here in a little bit as well. So, if you have more questions, please let us know. Uh, just by in the chat, please put at um, John Chapman or at John or something that makes it stand out. And if you guys are talking trash amongst yourselves, that's awesome as well. Enjoy that. So, the top five graded players, and it's kind of rough just to do top five because there are seven players with great grades on the offensive side. Um, number one, not a big surprise, a career day for Emmanuel Sanders, both <laughs> receiving and passing and blocking. He did very, very well pass blocking as well. He came up with an 83.3 grade. Um And that's even with the drop pass that was led to an interception. Still a very, very good grade. George Kittle came out with an 82.2 grade. Can you talk enough about Kittle? Um, I I don't know if you can. His run-blocking grade alone was an 82.8, the highest on the entire team. George Kittle continues, and if you watch this, there's going to be several times uh, the game film if you're watching this on YouTube. And here, Real quick, time out. If you listen to us wherever podcasts happen and you're know what, you're old school, you listen to us on the way to work, I, I just want to say thank you. I listen to podcasts like that as well. However, uh, you're kind of doing yourself a little bit of a disservice. Um, go check out the YouTube page. Just type in John Chapman or the 49ers Rush on YouTube and hit subscribe and that little bell. Because if you hit that bell, it's going to let you know when we go live. And we go live a lot. Um, And that's going to let you watch along the film and break that stuff down as well. Or if you do listen in your car and you want to come back and check out the film later on, uh, check us out on the YouTube page. That is available for you guys for free. It's it's all up there for you. So, um, Kittle, can't talk enough about that guy. If you watch the post-game press conference, there's just, he's so he's so authentic, you know, and they asked him about the game, and the quote was, and I'm going to mess this up, I know, you know, my only goal in this game is to move people against their will and have a lot of fun. That's what he wants to do, and you saw that on that fourth of two play. Um, he He just... He dominated three defenders and it just, he won the game. He wanted it more than anybody else. And perhaps that's the difference. You know, if you look back to that Seattle game where we didn't have George Kittle, he was not going to be denied. There's just no way. Uh, he he was going to do whatever it took. He's not going to go out of bounds, and he carried three people. Uh, he got an extra twenty-one yards after contact. Uh, whenever he was met by the first defender on that play, uh, it was just magical. Matt Breida, who he only played twelve snaps, but the times he was in there, very very effective. We'll get to the stats here in a second. Jimmy Garoppolo, eighty-one point six grade. He just continues to shine. Um I don't know if you could talk enough about what Jimmy Garoppolo has done the past 4 weeks against the toughest uh, opponents in all of football, the toughest schedule in the history of the NFL the past 3 weeks. He has gone 16 touchdown passes and 4 interceptions and again, two of those interceptions off the hands of his own wide receivers. He has if he has played at the caliber that he has the past 4 weeks he would be mentioned with uh, Lamar Jackson as the MVP candidate. Now, he did have a lot of turnovers, and obviously I think that those fumbles 49ers fans kind of are forgetting about a little bit. I think those are probably the biggest negative against Jimmy Garoppolo is uh, just ball security, not so much interceptions, but the fumbles. I don't care about the sacks. You can live to play another day, but the ball security whenever he is in the pocket, that is the biggest negative, but from a passing standpoint, Holy cow. We'll go over some numbers here in a second. Raheem Mostert, 74.9. He played 38 snaps. (laughs) If we look at the halfback splits, these are the snap counts, okay? Raheem Mostert led with 38 snaps. Matt Breida, 12. Tevin Coleman, 10. Very telling <laughs> you know I personally I want Matt Breida and uh, mostert getting the majority of the snaps I don't I, I think they're kind of one a1b very similar great in the run game great in the pass game all those things Tevin Coleman I'm fine with him getting work but I would much rather prefer um, kind of I, I don't know numbers off the top of my head um, I don't know 40 40 20 split. Is kind of what I would like. Kendrick Bourne came up uh, huge. He only had three catches, but two touchdowns. That's wonderful. And run blocking and pass blocking as well. Um, he's he's continues to show uh, he belongs with the starting wide receivers. And you know, I'll admit it, guys. Hey, right here. Um, I was not the biggest Kendrick Bourne fan, and I hated that game where he had the two drop passes, the one that was for an interception. Uh, that was problematic. But the way the coaching staff has built up his confidence – and the way that he has continued to provide uh, just quality, 82.8 <laughs> run grade. He blocked very, very well. Uh, great job there. Uh, Kyle Juszczyk, he came up with a 72 grade as well. Now, if we look at the flip side, yeah, it's not going to take, It's not. It, here we go. Garrett Selleck continues. He only got six snaps, but he has been the lowest-rated offensive player every single week since he has returned uh, with a 38.7. I don't know why we are giving him so many snaps. Uh, Roz Dwelly only got nine snaps but did much, much better. Um, Staying with the worst-rated players, Western Richburg. Uh, came in with a 47.2. Lakin Tomlinson, 53.1. Mike McGlinchey, who did great in pass protection but missed a couple run blocks, a 54.6. And th- that's the thing. These are not bad grades. If you're in the 50s, you're okay. Now, is that a great grade? No. It just means you're an average starter. That's all that means. So uh, take this with a grain of salt. The offense had a hell of a day, and the grades reflect that. However, uh, you know, whenever you only have 18 people, taking snaps on the offensive side of the ball like the 49ers did. Somebody's got to end up with a lower grade. Um, Richie James got 11 snaps, and he got a 54.8 grade. So uh, those are kind of the bottom five. Everything looked really, really good. Um, You can't be too upset with the grades that took place. Now, let's jump over, and let's go through the actual stat line and talk through a couple things. So first off, let's start with the quarterbacks, which who would have guessed – Jimmy Garoppolo didn't have the best quarterback rating for the 49ers. He finished with a 131.7 grade, which is beyond elite, Um, but Emmanuel Sanders had a perfect score of a 158.3, and it does not get any higher that Emmanuel Sanders, of course, just on that one pass play, um, 35 yards for a touchdown, which was a lot of fun. But back to Jimmy G, 26 for 35, 349 yards, Four touchdowns, one interception. He was sacked three times for 30 yards, but just wow. Uh, He's played so damn well, and going toe-for-toe with Drew Brees in the Superdome was huge. Now, the good news is I don't think we're going to have to travel back to the Superdome. I, I would love for these two teams to play again just from a football perspective, um you know it it was awesome I wish they'd play each other all the time but uh I don't think that we'll have to play them again I really really don't uh running the ball Raheem Mostert 10 carries for 69 yards and a touchdown Matt Breida 6 for 54 yards um Tevin Coleman back-to-back weeks three carries six yards So even if you combine his last two games, less than two yards per carry. And this is in the same game that you have Moster averaging seven yards per carry, Breida averaging nine yards per carry. Why is it or what's going on with Tevin Coleman to the point that he's not effective? Um, I'm not quite sure. Even with those numbers, the team still averaged 6.8 yards per carry. Uh, Debo Samuel, two carries for 33 yards. Debo Samuel is now leading the entire 49ers team in yards per carry uh, on the season. So and Kyle Shanahan's a huge yards per carry guy, uh, but yeah, the wide receiver has gotten a lot of touches. Now if we look in the passing game, Um, Team leader in catches, yards, and targets, Emmanuel Sanders. Seven catches on nine targets for 157 yards and one touchdown. One of those passes... um was the dropped pass for an interception. Debo Samuel, he catches five of eight. He had two drops accredited to him uh, for 76 yards. One of them was a tough slant pass on the goal line, but uh, still hit both of his hands. It would have been a tough catch, but the other drop was pretty bad. George Kittle, six catches, 67 yards, one touchdown on eight targets. That's a stat line right there. Uh, And especially whenever you look at the film and you can see some of these pass route combinations, They're keen on George Kittle at all times. He is never in one-on-one coverage unless it's an empty set or they're blitzing. That's it. If they're doubling anybody, it's George Kittle. Uh, Safety help over the top, linebacker checking underneath. Sometimes they roll the nickel over to him. Um, Sometimes they do bracket. George Kittle creates all of these opportunities for Sanders and Debo and all those things. He is so special, guys. I, I know we know that, but I want to constantly... Uh, highlight that because what this kid does it 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 doesn't make sense it really really doesn't Kyle Juszczyk uh, had three catches for 22 yards on three targets very efficient Uh, Raheem Mostert two catches 40 yards and an additional touchdown he has just been on fire um really had it. I would be just okay if he was just our only running back back there with the way he's been playing. Now, should we do that? Hell no. Matt Breida is amazing as well. I feel the same way about him. But the fact that you have these two undrafted free agents that are leading the second-best rushing attack in the NFL – it's unique. It doesn't really make sense. And if we look across the NFL, you see guys, and I'm not trying to knock these guys, but Saquon Barkley's and Dalvin Cooks and Ezekiel Elliott, Christian McCaffrey, uh, Leonard Fournette, all these guys that are drafted, you know, in the first and second round, they're so talented. But what are their teams doing? <laughs> what are their teams doing? Uh, you do not win in the NFL with great running backs. You win. You win with scheme, quarterbacks, and defense. Uh, offensive line, defensive line. You can find guys that fit your system, and, and that's the thing. We look at Kyle Shanahan and what he's done. Go all the way back to Daddy Shanahan. Whenever he traded the best running back in football for a cornerback, <laughs> he traded Clinton Portis, who was like putting up MVP like numbers for Champ Bailey. Um, and what happened? Champ Bailey's now in the Hall of Fame, uh, and they won a couple Super Bowls. I mean, that's the thing. You figure out the positional value, and I think the 49ers understand that. I really, really do. Um, Kendrick Bourne, three catches on four targets for 18 yards, but two touchdowns. And Matt Breida, one catch for four yards as well. So we add that on there. So uh, let's get just to a couple more questions. I see the, the chat's building up. Um, what guys that were uh, injured will be playing next week against Atlanta? Uh, possible to get Sean Coleman back this year. No, Sean Coleman went on IR before, this is for Jim Brony, that's his tag name, not what I'm calling him, Uh, he went on IR before the initial 53-man roster, so he cannot return. The only two people that can return are Contavious Streets and Jason Verrett, based on what Kyle Shanahan has said. He's already said Trent Taylor's not coming back, he's already said Jalen Hurd's not coming back, so the two guys that can return, and Contavious Streets already started practicing, so his three-week timetable has already started started once you allow a player to start practicing from the ir um in three weeks you have to you can activate contavious street today or you could wait till that three week time period's up and activate them then but if you choose not to in that three weeks passes you got to shut them down um you don't just get to keep them on the shelf after you activate them so as far as the ir Jimbroni, i don't think anybody else is going to be coming off there um Maybe somebody on the practice squad, a wide receiver or an old lineman. I think that's about it. Uh, do you think offense now has to carry defense? No, I do not, Nick. Uh, no, absolutely not. This defense is still elite and by a lot. You, you know, you had this huge, uh, you gave up all these different whatever doesn't matter (laughs) the 49ers are still top five in almost every statistical category that matters to the defense and we're going to talk about that a little bit more tomorrow but no we've still given up the second fewest yards we've given up the third fewest points uh we've given up the second fewest first downs I mean you can just keep going Eh, so no I think the defense is just fine and I think they got to make some adjustments but uh we'll we'll have to see what happens there um so, uh, do you think that the defenses were bad or the offensive play calling was just uh extraterrestrial? Yeah, Andy, I think I think you hit the nail on the head. The defense was good, but man, they just kept making huge plays against some very poor secondary play. Uh their offensive tackles, Teron Armstead, who was a game time decision, played very, very well in pass protection. So, um, it's kind of what it is. So, uh, yeah, they did a hell of a job and you're talking about two of the most forefront offensive minds in the NFL, definitely top five and Sean Payton and against, uh, Kyle Shanahan. And you give those guys time, they're going to be able to dissect the defense. That's just what it is. Um, can Emmanuel Sanders recruit to Marcus Ware? <laughs> that would be nice. Uh They did play together in Denver, uh, uh, that would be nice. I do love me some DeMarcus Ware, man. He was awesome out of Troy. I remember breaking down uh, his film coming out of Troy and just thinking, like, I don't know what the hell to do with this guy because the level of competition wasn't that great, but I just kept saying, this kid's so special. Like, it doesn't make sense. Uh, DeMarcus Ware's college film. I, I got my start in the draft. He he brought. He, this is y'all's fault. Y'all asked the question. You got me off task. This is on y'all, not me. Uh, but two defenders I felt that way about, um, one of them, DeMarcus Ware, who I just talked about. And then of course, Khalil Mack out of Buffalo. You just watch those games and you're just like, what do I do with this guy playing against middle school children? Um, but yeah, they both totally panned out. Um, let's see here. Kyle <laughs> irritates me to no end with his loyalty to players that are not performing. I have, I assume Dean, you are referencing Tevin Coleman. Um, and, yeah, he gives his players the benefit of the doubt. And th- this is a big reason why the players-coach mentality works so well with Kyle Shanahan is because people in that locker room know if you stay on Kyle's good side, you have job security, my friends. <laughs> it's what it is. And so you're super loyal to this guy because he's loyal to you, and it works both ways. But what does that look like long term? Uh, he, he, uh, it does raise some issues. I, I'm with you there, Dean. Um, I do not think that Tevin Coleman is the first or second best back on this team. Uh, I think he's probably the third, could be the fourth. It's what it is. Um, is. All right. Let's see here. I'll get one or two more questions before we move on. What happened to our pass rush? It's been trash. Yeah, it's been problematic. And, man, if you go back, and, again, I'm going to show you guys this tomorrow. I've already gone through some of the film. Their entire offensive plan was get the ball out quick, especially in the first half. You're talking about two seconds, thousand one thousand two pass, thousand one thousand two pass. They were not going to allow any time whatsoever uh, for sacks to take place. So, and this is what has allowed Tom Brady to be in the NFL so long. Uh, he's immobile. Their offensive line was great last year, but it's not as good this year. And so what do you do? We can't pass block forever. So what do you do? You just quick passes and just get the ball out quick. And that's what they kept doing. And so our, our pass rush got very frustrated and it caused a problem. So... Uh, that's something that's going to happen now. We'll see what happens next week. The remedy to a bad pass rush, it's playing against the Atlanta Falcons. <laughs> so I, I'm pretty excited about this. Um, so uh, And, man, I love these questions. Thank you, Alan. Uh, John, Buffalo is plus two underdogs at Pittsburgh. Miami plus three and a half of the Jets. Do you like either one of these? I have made a lot of money this year betting off the Buffalo Bills. I believe in running games, and I believe in defense. We got paid last week. Uh, by taking Buffalo plus one, we added one point to the spread and we hit on that one. And <laughs> so if you bet with us last week, uh, we beyond tripled up with our bets and the 49ers covered every single time I said to bet it. So let's jump into our other sponsors. Uh, MyBookie.ag, love these guys. Um, They've done a lot for the podcast and pushed (laughs) me financially to make sure that we can do four full podcasts a week the entire season. So just want to say thank you to those guys. So head over to mybookie.ag, the premier sportsbook and betting site for all sports, whether that's college football, basketball, hockey, MMA, boxing, golf, tennis, soccer, motorsports, whatever, U.S. politics, you can bet horse racing, you can do blackjack, poker, whatever you want. They bet it all. But I only focus on football. Um, and so head over there. If you sign up on mybookie.ag, use promo code 49ers49, E-R-S, they're going to double your initial deposit. So if you put in 50 bucks, they give you an extra 50 bucks to bet with. Now, the spread this week for the 49ers is the second largest of the week. The 49ers are minus 11. <laughs> so, <coughs> excuse me. The Falcons are traveling all the way across the country, and it's going to be the afternoon kickoff. And the over-under is 47.5 points, so they're expecting some points here. And it does seem like Vegas is kind of saying, well, maybe this 49ers defense isn't what we thought it was because that's a relatively high over-under for the 49ers. Now, we are going to be doing some betting specials. Uh, later on in this week, that's probably going to be on the Friday or Saturday podcast. Uh, once we got a little bit more time with injuries and I can put devote some more time into picking some more winners. We've hit our parlay two weeks in a row, which is uh, freaking awesome. Uh, so if you guys have been betting with us, hopefully you've enjoyed it this year. Um, yeah, we, we've made a lot of money, but yeah, I do love that Buffalo bills, even though they're on the road. Um, yeah, I love that bet. I, I really, really do. I. Not a big believer in the Pittsburgh Steelers. I think their defense is great, but uh, their offense, they are getting James Conner back this week. They are getting um, some healthy players back this week. Juju might be back as well, but the Buffalo Bills are the real deal. I, I do believe that. Um, so I'm going to have to wait and see, and I'm not going to sign off on that bet yet, but I don't mind it at all, Alan. So thank you for that. Uh, real quick. any other questions that you guys have, I want to make sure that we get those to you. And a couple other things I do want to talk about. As far as the Hot Mic app and broadcast this week, we have two broadcasts um, in play. We're going to be doing the Thursday night game which has a lot of fantasy football implications. That's going to be a pretty fantasy-packed uh, broadcast. Uh, that's the New York Jets traveling to the Baltimore Ravens, so all the Ravens players and all that stuff. As We're in the fantasy playoffs, if that's what you do. And if that's not your thing, that's okay. Um, we will be broadcasting the San Francisco versus the Forty uh, versus the Falcons game as well. That one I will be doing solo, uh, 100%, just a 49ers perspective on the broadcast. So if you want to join us, download the Hot Mic app, use the promo code, Code RUSH ESF, R U S H E S F, no spaces. Uh, that if you have an iPhone. Now, if you do have an Android, and this is key, it's in the soft launch phase. You can still get it though. Here's what you got to do. Head over to my Twitter account, which is on the side there, JL underscore Chapman. Go to my profile. My pinned tweet has a link to download the app. It's not even available in the Android store yet because it's under soft launch. I have to give you access to it personally. Click on that link, type in Rush ESF, and then it's going to allow you to download it through that format, okay? Um, it worked great last week. I want you guys to come join us. We're having a lot of fun. Chat takes place and it syncs to your TV so it brings in the sounds from the crowd, plays music during the commercials. It's an absolute blast. And here's the deal. if <laughs> Fox has two games in the afternoon slate. The Los Angeles Rams versus Dallas Cowboys, which they're broadcasting everywhere. The only way you're getting the San Francisco 49ers Fox broadcast is if you lived in San Francisco or if you live in Atlanta. I live in LA. It's not even going to be on TV here okay so if you're one of those places and you're sick and tired of you know going and throwing down a bunch of money at a sports bar just so you can watch the game or if you don't have nfl sunday ticket i got you um download the hot Mic app rush esf and i got you we will uh talk through the game together and everything is there available for you guys so i think that's gonna kind of do it for us here hopefully you enjoyed watching Uh, (laughs) um a lot of the film and all those things but um i just want to say thank you guys so very much for everything it is that you guys do and just all the support it's awesome Uh, really really excited to keep this growing and again We've got a lot of football left because the 49ers are going to be in the playoffs and we're going to win some playoff games and hopefully we go all the way to the top. But this is a year-round podcast. We focus on the draft. We focus on free agency. We do it all. So if you are new to the 49ers Rush Podcast, please hit that subscribe button. We want you to be a part of this. Uh, That's huge for us. So just want to say thank you. And as always, we will be back very, very soon with the defensive breakdown. And until that point, stay strong faithful.